This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up today, we're celebrating Klang as it is set to become Salango's fourth city this year. Which is... Um, an amazing statement about the growth of the population mm. of the Klang Valley, I think, in Slango as a whole. It is also a recognition for one of the oldest parts of the state, right? A really ancient and historically laden uh, place where I think that's in some ways uh, been eclipsed by the other parts of the city and the larger Klang Valley, KL, Pataling Jaya, Subang Jaya, the Shalams of the Klang Valley. So it's so interesting that you started with actually that word eclipsed because I think it does say a lot about this unique interesting space that Klang occupies both uh, in our imaginations as well as in the Klang Valley itself. Uh, we will get to that later, but this is coming from Local Government Development Minister Ngako Ming. Um, and yeah, Sharad, 133-year-old town now meets the requirement to become a city. And he said that this decision was made at the cabinet meeting yesterday, essentially because the population of Klang has exceeded 500,000 people. It has a sustainable source of income. And the Klang Municipal Council has achieved a yearly earning of more than 100 million ringgit. Um, All of this, I think, does point to, I, I mean, one would assume, not just that city status, which is more of a sort of feeling, philosophy-driven thing. But also in real terms, things like economic potential, um, perhaps a change in perception even, all of which are quite important when you think about a place. Yeah, and also self-governing, right? So the yes. idea that uh, when you have a certain amount of income and you can well tax through you know uh, various means uh, a city and its population, uh, that that perhaps you deserve autonomy to direct your own um, you know future plans. And this is something because comes back to the whole question of whether cities should have the vote restored to them. And but yeah, so Klang joins uh, that. That, uh, somewhat short list, at least in Slango, of cities now with that potential. To get to the point about um, reputation or, or this idea of um, Klang almost being unofficially the fourth city in Slango, right? Because it's been for a while now that um, people have been pointing out, many of them residents from Klang as well, that in terms of size, in terms of um, activity, Klang has, in fact, occupied uh, quite a large space within um, the Klang Valley and our our various um, aspects. But um, there is that notion also that there are a lot of different ideas of Klang, right? Some people think of it as a food haven. Other people think of it as, uh, quote-unquote, a dangerous part of our, our city. Um, others think it's a great place to raise a family. And, and I think all of those things also adds to this kind of conversation, what it means for it to be recognized as a city. Yeah, you know, I have a personal um, kind of stake in Klang becoming a city. N- not presently, but I used to live there. I'm 1975. As a young child, uh, going to school there at La Salle Klang, uh, living in a cluster of roads uh, named after fruits. So I was li- I lived on Jalan Durian. If anybody was from Jalan Durian, uh, you know, uh, hail me. Because uh, I remember and have very fond memories of Klang as a place that was full of crows, that was quite industrial. It had that 
that huge highway that you know cut through uh, those suburbs that I that suburb I lived in, um, and uh, but still a place that's quite vibrant. See, I'm a Klang tourist at best. Um, I've I've had many friends there. I've gone there, obviously, for Little India, for shopping and so on, but also for lots of food, whether Indian food or Chinese food. There's such a variety. And I do know that most of my friends who are from Klang are very proud of being from Klang and are always happy for you to take that long drive over there uh, so they can show you around. So I am actually interested to hear uh, from people who are from there how they feel about the city status. Um, we will very shortly be joined by Dato Stuart Labroy, who is chairman of the area group of companies. Um, but we'd like to hear from you as well. Are you from Klang or are you fond of the place? Let us know. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Before Friday materializes, BFM eighty nine point nine. It is five thirteen. You're listening to the evening edition with Sharmila and Sharad, and today we're talking about Klang because it is set to become the fourth city in Selangor officially. So we want to hear from you. Are you from Klang? Are you fond of the place? Share your thoughts with us. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line um, is Dato Stuart Lebroy, chairman of the area group of companies. Stuart, good to have you with us today. Good evening, Shamala. Thank you for inviting me on the call. I'd love to talk about my old hometown. Yes, you are yourself uh, a Klang boy. How do you feel about this declaration of it being a city? Long overdue. You know, the uh, Klang really, I think, is the most, probably the fourth most populous town in, in the country. But we've lagged behind getting city status forever. I think for partially the reason was that we never had a university. That seemed to be one of the conditions they seem to have waived that in granting a city status. But we are a very, very big economic engine for Malaysia, and it can't be overlooked. Um, you know, ever since the port was constructed in 1901, the, uh, the whole area sort of completely transformed, and it's become, you know, a, a real cutting-edge industrial hub, as well as having the most amazing connectivity of any town in the country. Believe it or not, we have all the highways starting in Klang. If you live in Klang, you're the first one to hop on the highway, so avoid all the traffic jams. And the other thing is that with the LRT coming through, we have a total of 11 stations in our location, uh, four or five uh, train stations as well. It's very well serviced with highways, rail, and LRT uh, as well. Uh, we're close enough to the airports. Uh, we have the port next door to us and um, a thriving community that really is long time due recognition as a city. Stuart, what do you think this recognition will mean to people? Have you seen or heard of people sort of re um, reading the news and what have they said to you about this uh, change in status? Well, I think it'll change people's attitudes to the town. I mean, we, when we always called a town, you know, we had a, a majlis pabandaran clan for ages, uh, forever really. Um, I think the moment you became a banda, um, people's perceptions of their their, their status as living in a city as opposed to a town. A town actually connotes, you know, you're a little bit of an outlier, you're not important, you don't really have a prestige of being a city. Becoming a city, I think, is a big deal for many of us in time. And I think we'll be very proud that we finally got the recognition of both the fact that we contribute so much to the economy, as well as the fact that we're an amazing place to live. So 
what are the impressions that most people have about Klang versus what it's like to really live and work there? Well, I think a lot of people say, you know, oh, a lot of gangsters in Klang. You know, that's been one of the big things. Oh, not safe to be in Klang. And many, many papers ran that article for ages, giving us quite a bad rap. In fact, that's not the case. In fact, Klang's one of the safest towns I've been in. I've never had problems. We always get the odd break-ins and they have a few snatch thieves around, but that's all over the place. You might find more in Kale than in Klang. But having said that, I think we get a bad rap for that. And the fact that we're a town, people don't really give us much, much notice, I think, in that respect. Uh, we don't really get the the uh, the due acknowledgement of what we, we are and what we offer. It's uh, it's an historical town to a large extent. You know, it's, it's older than Malacca. People don't realize that. And uh, it's uh, it carries a long history with it. And we have people coming every weekend to do walkabout tours. We have rather interesting places to see as well. Not to mention the fact that we're the, the hometown of Bakute, you know. I think probably the most famous dish is actually was invented in Klang, in a in a little shop just about 200 yards away from where I live. So uh, it has a lot of history behind it. And uh, we've given a lot back in terms of culture and uh, history to the country. So, Stuart, we have a message from C.K. Lowe. He says, um, and he, he references the, uh, the problems of flooding uh, that, you know, bedevils a clang or parts of clang because it's coastal. Um, he says, instead of declaring stat- status of a location, let alone it being becoming a city, government should solve all these problems first. What do you think? Well, I think Penang is a city and it floods all the time, too. I think with climate change and, and rising sea levels, it's inevitable that we are, um, we are going to have a problem with, with flooding and it's going to take a lot of money and effort to actually solve it. Don't forget, Klang has always lacked the budgets that uh, other cities have, primarily because the assessment rates are lower and uh, the, the coffers of Klang Municipal Council is not that great. Uh, I think one thing is going to happen that people are not going to like being a city is that the assessments will go up. We'll have to pay more for living in the town because they'll definitely have to up the ante in terms of services offered as a city. Now, you referenced Klang's history earlier, um, 133, old, uh, 133 years old this year. Talk to us about that long history. What are some of your favourite stories about um, the upcoming city and its heritage? Well, I actually moved to Klang when I was you know, three years old. But my, my, my parents moved to Klang because... She was doing medicine. My father had a small printing business. And so the family moved to Klang in 1954. And uh, we've lived, I've lived there ever since. I never really worked in Klang at all. I always worked outside of Klang. So I had the exposure of working in, in Shah Alam and, and Pataling Jaya for many years and being exposed to the capital markets and things like that. Um, we always say that people in Klang don't like going out of Klang. It's like you need a passport to leave the town, but that's changing. We've had a huge migration of, of new young people uh, coming into the city to the town uh, over, the, over the, the recent years because of the huge developments that have taken place. You know, we've had nearly 4,000 acres of new townships put into the market in the last 20 years. Um, we've, had, we've had SP Satir's uh, Satir Alam, hugely successful. We've had Bukit Raja as a township. We've had ba- Bukit Tingi as a township. And we've also got Banda Botanic as four big townships. Total about four to 5,000 acres worth of housing. And it was all taken up. On launch, one thing the people don't realize is that Klang's a very wealthy town. I remember my, my friends telling me that, you know, the, the OCBC bank in Klang had more deposits in it than KL's Maybank. 
which I thought was quite an interesting story. So there are a lot of rich people living in Klang. They're very much under the radar. We're not the kind of town that brags about our wealth. In fact, we, we keep it fairly well hidden. So I was talking about bragging rights. Uh, when we were talking off air just now, Stuart, about Klang, what comes to mind, you know, the port, uh, the food, uh, the historic city centre, the river, they all came to mind. For you, what makes Klang Klang? I mean, how would you think about branding the city? Well, I think, you know, it's a riverine city. Well, we've never really capitalised on the fact that we have a river running through it. If you look at many big cities where big rivers run through it, the, the riverbanks are hugely cultural or very well developed and becomes places for recreation. But unfortunately, we haven't really taken that, that, uh, that path. I think primarily because we've never really had the budgets or the interest by the federal government to develop it in that, in that respect. So, I mean, town planning was fairly badly lacking. It needs to be reviewed. Um, whatever heritage is, is still here must be preserved and treasured. And I think that uh, we can actually turn lots of uh, lots of places into some really exciting things. I mean, if you take Port Klang, for instance, you know, you know where the old Port Swetanam jetties were when they first started. The the train line actually starts there, and it's never developed. It could be one of the. And I think recently, uh, the Sunbay Group bought a huge tract of land where the station is, and hopefully they'll put some really interesting uh, lifestyle developments there because you know it'll then be just a hop down from KL to party by the ocean. Uh, how good can that be? Nothing else offers that kind of uh, vista in terms of uh, location. So I think there a lot of things will be coming up once the whole place opens up. The LRT is opening the place up as well as the train stations. It's making a big difference in, in terms of uh, in, uh, connectivity. Well, I just want to follow up on that because, you know, I lived in Klang in 1975 for a year. Uh, the, the river was an open sewer. Uh, yep. The other thing that branded the city was crows. Uh, are, those, are those issues um, addressed? And, you know, can they be addressed now better because of the city status? Well, I think they, once, they, once you get a city status, everything changes. Uh, the mindset changes at the, at the local, local government level. The state government takes a far bigger interest in, in this development. And, you know, being a royal town, I think it's high time we did put some money into the, into the infrastructure of the town to really upgrade it. I mean, they're not, not the fact they've not been trying. I think with about limited budgets, they've had a pretty good job. I mean, the river's been slowly cleaned up, you know, but that's not the fault of Klang residents. It's all the people in KL that throw rubbish into it. So I can't blame us. So we're at the end of the line. So if, it's, if it looks like a source because everyone upstream has been not contributing to this cleanliness, but uh, you know, I'm quite upset when they say we're living in a sewer. But it's uh, it's it's uh, the fact that the river now is being cleaned up, and there are machines going up and down taking the, the garbage out of it. And I think the the government's DOE is doing a good job in policing uh, pollution points going into the river, although they still happen. Uh, it's, it's it's improving quite a bit. And the crows suddenly seem to have disappeared, or they're not so much in mass. They have their they have their uh, status in the town as the official bird. But then again, you know, it's uh, it's they are the most intelligent of the bird family at all. But they they really are quite a nuisance, I quite agree. But they used to have shooting competitions and and things like that over the years, uh, trying to reduce the population. But I think they kept moving around, and it's very difficult to actually call them as as a as a group of of, of animals. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's much better than it was before. I agree. Just to close off, you mentioned a number of things there in terms of the potential in, in Klang. Do you think that 
it is we're missing a trick by not working harder to position it as a tourism uh, an area for tourism and how can we tap into that well no, i think a lot of people are doing uh, a lot of volunteers are actually coming to Klang and giving people guided tours on Saturdays and Sundays. And you see big crowds of people going around the town, enjoying, you know, some of the, the cuisine. But we've not set ourselves up as a tourist spot. It's by accident rather than by, by plan. And we could do much, much better in terms of explaining the sites and having proper boards explaining various uh, various uh, locations. One thing I would say that um, the Sultan of Selangor has done a brilliant job on his museum which is right next to the uh, to the station. And it's well worth a visit because it really charts the history of the Sultanate in, in Selangor, which I think people are very, very ignorant of. Uh, and of course, the, the Stana up the road is a wonderful, a wonderful palace that's been completely refurbished and redesigned by the Sultan himself personally. And it's got a lot of things going for it in terms of its history. So, I mean, we have uh, a number of old buildings as well. The old convent's a bit of an icon. Um, the church, Lady Blues Church, next is also one of those sites that I visited, and we have you know a huge mix of of uh, mosques, very old mosques the, that have been refurbished again. Uh, the Sultan takes a great interest in in preserving a lot of the the historical buildings in Klang, and he personally sort of gets involved in it. And I think eventually, once with city status, we'll see this actually start to blossom and turn ourselves into a real powerhouse. Stuart, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you for letting Clang get a bit of a plug. We need it. <laughs> well, I think you've made a real good case for it. That was Dato Stuart Lebroy, chairman of the area group of companies, weighing in on Clang. Um, soon, very soon, going to be declared a city, the fourth in Slango. We've been asking you for your thoughts as well. Are you from Clang or are you fond of the place? Share your thoughts, your memories with us. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero. 0- one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have plenty of messages coming in. Let's start with a voice note from Serene. I'm Orangin from Klang and study primarily at secondary school in Klang. Then after that, I study continue my study in KL and work in KL for more than ten years. But my family and friends are all in Klang. I'm very happy to announce that um, I'm actually back to Klang for work since last year. So that now every day actually I commit to Klang. Then, yeah, it's happy and the good news to hear that Klang is announced as uh, the fourth city in Selangor. So, yeah, it's a full heaven and also that uh, all my memories and my child memories, everything is in Klang. That's really nice to hear, Serene. I'm so glad to hear uh, from someone who was from Klang and then actually chose to go back and work there because often many people move towards the, you know, the, the city, quote unquote, the major city centre, KL. Um, this is a nice, uh, nice story. And in fact, you know, towns die because mm. it's young, no longer feel that there's a future in that town. And so they, you know, as you say, they go looking for better prospects. But that drags everything down down you get you know populations getting older they're less productive that you know and uh the idea that people are going back and you know what stewards seems to suggest is that in fact people are coming back and because of these residential areas that just improves the possibility of uh revenue collection um yeah all things that will help uh, clang go to the next stage i guess we're getting messages from either side of the board um let's see we have 
I think we have time for this from Norzi. Uh, Norzi says, yay for Klang. I did my secondary school in Kampung Jawa, Klang in the early 80s. During that time, Klang was known for the crows. Sharad, lots of shout out for the crows. Lots <laughs> the, and lots of crows. The crows are famous. <laughs> and the tetarek color of Sungai Klang. It's good to know now that it's getting city status. I still have fond memories and I think they still have the best Mi Jawa in all of Malaysia. There used to be a band called The Klangs and in the 80s as well. One of their famous songs was Bandaki. Kita, BFM should play this if you guys can find it. We will try and look for it, Norzi, but um, I have yet to try this elusive best Mijawa in Klang. Um, that's on my list of things to sample uh, as soon as I can, really. Um, we do need to take a break, but do keep sending your thoughts through. Are you from Klang? Are you fond of the place? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. It is 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about Klang being declared a city. Now, this was announced yesterday by the local government and development development minister, Nga um, So it will soon be uh, Selangor's fourth city. We've been asking you for your thoughts. Are you from Klang? Are you fond of the place? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, in the meantime, we do have a caller on the line. Good evening, Anne. What are your thoughts? Hi, Sharmila. My, I'm really excited about Klang being a city because um, I grew up in Klang and I went to the convent and I went to the Our Lady of Luke's Church and, you know, and it was a very self-contained place at the time when I was growing up. And for it to rich city, city status, although I don't live there anymore, it, it, it's good. It, it just brings back pleasant memories and very, very happy. Yeah, And we've been talking about this uh, a lot, about how different people have different ideas of what their clang is. What is your clang? My clang is a very peace-loving place because I grew up in a neighbourhood where we had all the different um, ethnic groups. It was safe. <laughs> it was really safe. Although it's known as a gangster town, but, you know, it's safe. And I, I like clang. I like growing up in clang and I think I had the best childhood growing up there, playing in mud and, you know, cycling to the Padang, which is very close by. So, you know, generally, happy thoughts. Thank you so much for calling. Um, I I actually, I mean, as somebody who has a lot of emotional attachment to the place I grew grew up in, um, not Klang, in KL, uh, but uh, I love hearing stories like this. Yeah, like like Anna, I also grew up. Oh, I used to spend a year there, and uh, <laughs> but you did a lot of growing up. I did, you know. I had to cross that highway. All that, the dangerous the, crows, and you know, well, d- crows. Yeah, actually, you, they can be menacing. Uh, I'm glad that they are embraced by the city. I think that's a wonderful <laughs> idea. Uh, and then that Telok Gadong Highway that cuts mm. across. I mean, that was major when I was a child. It seemed like it was huge. <laughs> you started off a boy and was a man by the time you crossed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> We also have a voice note. This is from Joe. I was uh, intrigued to learn that Sharad was uh, Klangite, at least for a little part of his life. And even more interestingly, that he was an old Asalian. So, welcome, brother. Now, Klang, to me, well, I grew up in Klang. I went from primary one to from five in Lasal Klang. Those were great days. And... Subsequently, I left Klang and I go back to visit my family quite often. 
but Clang to me is, I would call, an unpolished gem. It has all those nice things that was mentioned, but I still think that the town planning and infrastructure development needs to be to be attended to, to be given greater attention in terms of cleanliness, in terms of recreational areas, flooding. These are things which should make the quality of life in Klang even better. But yeah, it's a good idea to, well, really, it really doesn't matter to me if Klang doesn't become a, a city because then you'd have to pay higher rates. But what is more important is that it, it functions like a city with world-class amenities which should pay for itself. This, those are my views. Thank you for that, Joe. Um, unpolished gem is, is quite a nice one. Um, I also wonder, you know, to, to, to echo Joe's point or rather to expand on it, to how many people it matters tremendously, this change from town to city. Well, you know, the um, the cost of the rates, the yes. rates going up are going to be a shock. I don't know how much it will be in real terms. But, you know, to be honest, if you want world-class uh, facilities, somebody's got to pay for it. And, you know, I think the residents should think long-term that it's something that will benefit them, if it does. And that's mm. why uh, having control over, you know, the municipal council and planning is so important. And your point earlier about self-autonomy as well, um, it allows the council to take more direct action and control over some of these problems, right? Particularly with funding, state funding coming in and so on. Uh, we have another voice note. This is Sabrina. Okay, I have two properties, one in Sunway and one in Bandar Bukit Raja, Klang. I bought the, the Klang place from Sign UEP in 2007. Okay, nice township and all that on brochures and all, but when you live there, you know, it was uh, an oil palm, right, estate. So there were um, cobras as well as mice, you know. So when you get rid of the um, the vegetation, so the animals will run away. But the the rats and the the, the big rats, not mice, big rats. And nobody is uh, keeping them in check, so there are no more snakes. So you complain many times to the council, they won't do anything. Next is the dogs, the stray dogs. Also, the Majlis Perbandaran Klang, um, they know my name already. They always datang and say, hey, Tuan rumah tak ada. I say, why you kerja? You kerja lah anjing tu. The third one, yesterday you were talking about crows. Okay, I have a personal experience. Um, I was in hospital Klang for a surgical procedure. I think I was admitted for two days and by the time I was discharged, my car was just full of uh, crow poop. We had to, we couldn't see the windscreen, so we had to go to the car wash, the professional car wash and, you know, have ourselves shampooed. Um, so, the fourth thing I want to talk about was the flooding. Okay, it was a shock to us Klang people that uh, we could actually be uh, subjected to flooding. So because the there was high tide and then all the drains were clogged, uh, these are all uh, cumulative, it's a dominoes effect. You don't clear the, the rubbish from the drains, uh, it doesn't take much for the whole area, Klang area, 
Bukit Raja, Setia Alam and the whole gang. We were inundated. So I got 2,000 from the state government and the federal government. Thank you very much. But um, luckily my kitchen wasn't uh, severely damaged. So really Klang, uh, the only good thing about it is uh, full tenancy because there's a lot of people compared to my son with apartment. Okay, that's all I want to share. Thank you for that, Sabrina. So, I mean, to be fair, Sabrina is not the only one bringing some up, bringing up some of the issues with Klang. Um, so we have uh, Prakash, for instance, saying, let's see, we have Prakash saying, Klang is our very own Gotham City. Jackie, meanwhile, says a whole stretch of streetlights along Jalan Sungai Jati, Taman Sentosa, hasn't worked for a whole year. How can we live up to the city status with these sorts of issues not being resolved? James, meanwhile, says crime has always been high. Mention Panamara, nobody wants to go to Klang. Well, I think there's crime all over. Act, to be honest, I live in Pataling Jaya. There's crime there too, but um, but of course, uh, it doesn't preclude uh, Klang deserving city uh, status. Uh, like I said, there's some, I think, uh, pretty basic uh, criterion to get a city. Yes, to that number point. of population and yeah, so on, so on and so forth. Right, but when we talk about the positives, uh, you know, uh, and is the fact that Klang is coastal. And that is two, the two sides of it. One is that it's beautiful because it's coastal. I've been going down there, sailing with some friends. Um, the other side of it is that it is a place where we're going to have to demonstrate our ability to develop climate resilience uh, policies and uh, urban design. So I think Klang has an opportunity to really show the way for the country as well in terms of climate resilience. We are still getting plenty of messages about Klang. Keep them coming. We'll be back after this for more. We're talking about this because Klang has been declared a city. Um, so we're asking you, are you from there? Are you fond of the place? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Brave Free Malaysia. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 5.47. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about Klang. Uh, it, has, uh, it has been announced that it will soon join three other cities in Selangor. <laughs> I have to admit, I didn't actually think about it in those terms, but it's going to be Selangor's fourth city. So we're asking you whether you're from Klang. Are you fond of the place? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. Um, let's see. On this side of things, we have um, another voice note that's come in. This is from Bing. Hooray, hooray. Finally, Klang gets what it deserves. Do you all know that people from Klang has a totally different behaviour compared to the people of Petaling, Jaya, Kuala Lumpur, Sabah Bernam, you know, totally different. And uh, they take Klang with a lot of pride, actually. Somehow, you know, once you, after you pay the second toll coming from the Federal Highway in those days, right, it's a totally different country. And rightfully, being a royal city, okay, uh, now it's city, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it deserves it. Lah. It has a port. You know, there's a lot of contribution to the country because Klang is not only one of the, the biggest port for Malaysia, it's also one of the biggest industrial areas uh, for Malaysia as well. Right. And 
now it's loading by leaps and bounds you got Westport, Northport, Southport and proximity to airports you know fantastic great news much more deserved than the other cities that has been norm, uh, that has been named of late Bing, thank you. Why the shade on other cities, I yes. wonder? <laughs> we can all celebrate being cities together. Indeed. Um, uh, but I, I think what we don't often hear are the positive stories yes. coming out of Klang. I think that's nice to hear, though, the reality checks on the problems. But problems are everywhere, right? So maybe the way to think about it is whether the city status will uh, enable a new set of problems to be resolved because of increased uh, revenues uh, and resources. But again, also the, the political uh, framework that should allow more participation so people get to direct and say what is the priority they feel uh, they, they want the city leadership to tackle. We also have um, Apu Klang since 1987, who says, Klang is a wonderful place. It's a business hub, but there's lots to do. To summarize, from outside, Klang is nice and flowery. But as you get deeper into some areas, it does need a major revamp. The highest income generated by the port areas needs a lot of uplifting. Yeah, so, you know, I think what Stuart LeBroy was saying was that, in fact, there are a lot of rich people living in Klang, that, and that means something for the tax base of the city, right? But a city needs to also cannot neglect its poor. And if the poor have problems, then I think it becomes the city's problems as well. And so is there political will to basically level it up so that, you know, you don't have these stark differences in, uh, uh, in income? So a number of people bringing up um, this notion of, well, well and good, there are many things about Klang that we like, but there are also some issues that need to be handled. So Robert, for instance, saying Klang born and bred 50-50. Klang Centre is small because it's divided by the river as well as major suburbs. It's neglected because it's always an opposition town. There was a report a few decades ago that more than 200,000 people travel out of Klang to work daily. That speaks so much of the residents. Uh, Plus has been milking the toll for 30 years on the federal highway and now the NKVE, which is the longest parking lot in the country. Yeah, you know, these commutes, I I don't know if you compare it uh, internationally. Is it a major commute for most people? Um, You know, I I love to live and work in the same area. Uh, I don't know what that commute is for them. But tell us, I mean, if you if you commute, is it onerous or is it something you're willing to do in order to live in a place that you like? So. Now that I think about it, I actually know a surprising number of people who live in Klang um, choose to continue living in Klang and make that commute to work in various parts of PJ and KL. So I actually don't think it's as unusual as it might seem to us KL PJ folk for whom a half an hour drive might seem quite difficult. Um, And that's always, I mean, I know people who leave the house at 7am so that they get to work by 9. And I I always think that's an interesting choice, choosing to live in Klang for various reasons, whether it's family, whether it's a lower cost of living, or perhaps they just like the vibe there. Yeah, the rents might be lower as well. And I wonder if the city will have creative solutions or creative incentives for people to more people, especially young people, to bring their energy to that part of the Klang Valley and and to, you know, enrich it. Dr. Jag says, 
I'm Klang's first and only full-time plastic surgeon. I live in Bangsa South. I work in Klang. It's been three years now. It's absolutely amazing. Klang is absolutely amazing. I love working there. The people are amazing. It's a friendly and warm place. I think it's about time Klang be held at the same level as PJ and the rest of Slangle. They definitely need a city status. They have their own plastic surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Every city needs its plastic surgeon, I guess. But uh, because there are people who are critical, uh, you know, Charlie says that Klang is just a ghetto. Uh, you know, people don't get it. We grew up in Klang. Uh, there are people who uh, who are not, not necessarily unhappy, but who see a very different side of the city. I think so. And, and I think it's this is likely to be the case with probably most places. I grew up in uh, the heart of KL. Um, and some areas, sure, seem unsafe, seem dangerous. Uh, but then there are other parts that really have your heart. And especially if you grew up there, you know the food and you know the local haunts. Um, I think I think this is part and parcel of urban living. And a place like Klang often gets this kind of oversized reputation for certain things when there's so many other areas that are worthy of attention as well. So Silva, for instance, says, Honestly, I'm shocked that Klang just received city status. How do we miss out on city planning when Klang is the oldest township, has two of the biggest ports, has two of the biggest ports in the country and the biggest commercial centre. Do all these improvements need to happen for a place to get city status? So, you know, Stuart LeBroy just mentioned the fact that it used to be a criteria, maybe it still is, for a university to exist, mm. for a city to be, or a town to become so a city. So that wasn't mentioned by the minister when they announced Klang. And so probably perhaps it's way, been waived, waived yeah. as, as uh, Stuart said. So um, maybe this adjustment in terms of, you know, what we can call a city uh, and and why we want to do that, right? So keep those thoughts coming. We have been talking about Klang uh, because it will soon be declared a city. Um, you can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.